the blast from our past network. Hey everyone, co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, podcasting after dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us. Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a holiday episode of Podcasting After Dark Presents TV Obscura. I'm one-third of the TV Obscura team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. Joined with me, as always, are my two brothers from other mothers, Zach the Total Snackage Schaefer and Diallo the Armageddon Jackson. What's up, boys? Before we get into this, how was uh, L.A. Comic-Con? How were your panels last weekend? Diallo, what did uh, what did you host, my man? What was that panel? Uh, my panel was called Black Futurism, and we discussed uh, representation of black uh, characters. Um, well, the, the representations of blackness both in front of and behind the camera. So not just characters, but also the people that work um, and make products. So um, the, really the well, creatives. I had... Yeah, the creatives. I had um, Floyd Norman, who was the very first black animator at Disney. Um, And I also had myself. uh, (laughs) I had Floyd's uh, wife, Adrian, who actually in in some ways stole the show. Um, And also... (laughs) Stole the show. Yeah, and then also... um, a guy named Larry Houston, who has a little connection to He-Man. Um, he also, uh, G.I. Joe, um, some show called The X-Men. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it, was a, it was a really great panel. Talked a lot about um, just how to organically um, include um, marginalities and other races into content. So it was really good. That's awesome because representation matters um, immensely. Yeah. Uh, Zach, you had a pa- you did a panel too. You hosted a panel as well. Everybody hosted panels. What was yours, buddy? <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Diallo's being modest because his panel was really amazing. Um, the uh, there was a lot to be learned from his guests and, and Diallo himself. 
So I was trying to nudge Diallo. I'm like, if you ever want to do your own podcast about stuff like this, you should because it's really good. But I didn't want to plant the seed too much. He's got enough going on in his own life. And important, I would I would add. Very important. Very important. But um, I had the pleasure of interviewing the one, the only Joe Dante, uh, along with Dustin, my co-host on $2 Late Fee, uh, for a special panel about kind of a retrospective on his career and Brendan Hay, who's the uh, executive producer of the upcoming Mogwai cartoon that's coming out on HBO Max, uh, which sounds very cool as well. But man, it was it was a pleasure to interview Joe Dante, told some really cool stories. You know, it was a short little 45 minute interview, but we packed a lot in in a short amount of time. So for everybody going, huh, I wish I was there. Well, I fortunately we're gonna actually post it on our uh, on our podcast page soon, uh, probably in January. We're taking like a little bit of a mini vacay in January, but uh, kind of in a way we're not because I'm gonna put it up there. <laughs> so it's like we're not we're just not gonna be recording anything in January. Um, yeah, so look for that to to pop up in 2023, and it was a lot of fun. It was great being with the uh, with the. The, the nerds, and I put myself in that category as well. All those nerds. <laughs> All those nerds. Nerds. Just to clarify, uh, Zach, you're, it'll be, when you say we, you're referring to you and Dustin on $2 late fee. So it'll be on the $2 yeah, late sorry. fee. Yeah, No, no worries. I just wanted to, to make sure everybody uh, knew where to, where to find it. So go check out uh, $2, $2 late fee.com. Yeah, my, my other wife, Dustin. <laughs> this is, Corey's my... Corey's my podcasting after dark wife. You're sleazy wife. He's my cult. He's my cult. Yes. He's my love and marriage. Polygamous. Polygamy. Polyamory. Polygamous. Corey and Dustin are my husbands. That's not the Christmas song in this Christmas special we're talking about today. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, I'm, I'm very happy for both of you. I'm very proud of both of you. And uh, hopefully you. Uh, next year I will be there with you and and actually, you know, going to the panels and, and seeing you all do your thing. Um, I was there with you in spirit this time from Oregon. But uh, next year, hope to be there in person. Amen. So this month on TV Obscura, I feel like we've been doing a lot of, uh, uh, you know, special episodes. You know, we had our G.I. Joe comic book. We had our Halloween werewolf episode. Next year, 2023, we'll get back into our our regular way of, of doing TV Obscura. But for now, we're tackling another singular piece of entertainment. We are talking about He-Man and She-Ra, a Christmas special. Before I ask you what your uh, experience with this is, I'll just tell you all mine. Nothing. This is my first time <laughs> wow. watching it. Wow. I I grew up loving He-Man. I did not have very much affinity for She-Ra outside of the way that I liked that she was drawn. My God, she's got legs for days. Um, but I did not watch... Uh, He-Man and She-Ra. I'm sorry, I did not watch She-Ra at all. And uh, in 85, when this came out, I was seven. So I don't think I saw it. I can tell you that I remember the Garfield Christmas special immensely, um, but I don't remember this at all. So this is my first time watching it. 
and I have a lot of a lot of hot takes on it. But uh, before we get into my takes, Diallo, what is your experience with the He-Man and She-Ra a Christmas special? You know, to be perfectly honest, I do not remember watching it uh, as a youngster. I might I, like I have a vague memory of maybe watching it, um, but it's probably only once and kind of moved on with my life, I think. <laughs> um, and then so my first solid memory is actually watching it with uh, Zach and Bodhi uh, a few years ago. So um, and I fell in love with it, actually, to be honest, when I watched it again. It was really, uh, really cool. We'll talk about talk about it. But um, yeah, so yeah. that's like really my experience with it. I think I think it's because it was a Christmas special. The and kind of my age at the time, I was kind of aging out of the Christmas type stuff. Um, and yeah, so anyway. Here we are. And it probably didn't help that it, I, th- I believe, it aired once, um, and then very few markets aired it after that. Uh, you know, a few markets did, but not a lot of them. So it wasn't like a Christmas special that, like, came out and then got played every single year, like Rudolph or Frosty and, and all that kind of stuff. Hell, I, I think the Garfield one even got more repeat playtime uh, than this did. Uh, Zach, what's uh, what was your experience? Obviously, you watched it with Bodie a couple years ago, but prior to that growing up and everything, what was your experience with it? Well, I, I think it's safe to say that I am um, probably have the biggest connection to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe uh, of the three of us because of because of my son. And but back in the day, I remember watching this cartoon on Christmas Day. My brother, I th- I'm pretty sure my brother was like, this is lame. I'm pretty sure my <laughs> other family members who were watching were like, what are we watching or what are you watching? And little old me, I said, I don't care. I didn't say the hell with you, but I was thinking that because I loved it back then. Um, and yes, I never saw it again until decades later when um, the company's called BCI, I think, uh, Entertainment Rights. They were like a small boutique DVD company. They released uh, all the He-Man episodes, She-Ra episodes on on a beautiful box sets um, in the mid-2000s, along with this one. You can get a budget version of the Christmas special DVD. I know Corey has that one. Um, yeah. It's like it's just basic, very basic. But this one has the, what's the thing where it's kind of like perforated, um, um, like bumpy? Oh, almost nice. like Yeah, like yeah, beveled. It's, thing it's is, beveled a bit, yeah. Yeah, it's beveled. Uh, it's got the the original like artwork. It's got a uh, like a. It's all made out of uh, like that cardboard that that slip cover old. It's not a case. It's an actual like you know. Yeah. It's really nicely well. It's well made. Uh, highly detailed. The the DVD has a, like two documentaries on it. Uh, comes with collector cards. The I Have the Power song music video, which is hilariously awesome. Uh, a montage of all the morals of the show, character profiles, et cetera, et cetera. So I watched the heck out of this one back in the day uh, and introduced it to my son, Bodie, when he was like three or four. And then it's become our Christmas tradition ever since. I think starting when he was four or maybe five. Uh, Diallo was there the night we watched it. Dustin and his wife Erin were there, and we actually recorded a $2 late fee episode (laughs) of Bodie's take on the Christmas special way back when. 
uh, when he was five years old. It's really, really sweet. Oh. And, um, yeah, I so I have a lot of history with this show, with this particular special. Uh, as, as funny and absurd as it is at times, there's, oh, my gosh, there's so much to love. And, and very and at this stage of nostalgia, very little to hate, if anything. <laughs> well, as you mentioned, yeah, there is a budget title version. That's what I picked up. It's it's like only like four ninety nine or something. It uh, it just has you know the the, the, the movie itself, and uh, you can you know scene select and and that's it. Oh, and it does have a nice little uh, typo on it because uh, it does say it's fifty one minutes, but uh, it's it's actually forty four minutes. So I don't know where they got the fifty one minutes from, but it's not. Um, (laughs) I'll, so I'll give you a little bit of the background that I know of uh, about this. And basically it comes from Wikipedia, but Zach's going to have to really fill in the blanks here. Uh, cause I don't really know much of the history of this. Um, but real quick, He-Man and She-Ra, a Christmas special is an animated Christmas television special based on the animated series He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and its spinoff of She-Ra, Princess of Power. Originally broadcast in syndication December 1985. Uh, in the special, Orko accidentally travels to Earth at Christmas time, where he encounters two children and brings them back to Eternia. Doesn't say that here, but he also brings back <laughs> Christmas and Christianity to Eternia. <laughs> <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells. And apparently they only know jingle bells. That's the only part of jingle bells they know. <laughs> but Zach, can you flesh out any more information about this? Like, uh, so I oh, think we yeah. were talking off uh, off air. So it came out after the second season of He-Man, but but after the first season of Shira. So it was like He-Man seasons one and two, then Shira season one, and then this came out before Shira season two. Essentially, am I correct in that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's when it came out, um, because if you watch the episode, the majority of the characters featured in the episode are She-Ra characters, uh, down to the villains, even. There's, you know, they, they have little cameos from He-Man's past, including Cringer, thank God. For, for the longest time, I forgot that Cringer was even in this, but he is, in fact, in this, laying down, like, just chilling in the... Uh, the birthday celebration of, of She-Ra and uh, He-Man. And it does take place around the birthday of She-Ra and He-Man. Spoiler alert for anybody who's born on a different planet. She-Ra and He-Man are brother and sister twins. She-Ra was kidnapped by Hordak and taken to Etheria, and that's why she wound up there. Oh, that that's the backstory of that? I never knew why she, uh, She-Ra, or what, what, what's her real name? Um, Adora. Adora um, ended up on Adora. a different planet than, essentially, so they're, they're on a different, she's on a whole different planet, right? She is, she is. Okay. In fact, they make reference to another planet in this um, special as well, kind of a, a nod to Bravestar when they mention carrium crystals. Yes, yes. Is, is Bravestar considered uh, a shared universe with He-Man and She-Ra? I think this officially made it so, right? Okay, interesting. That's my guess. But yeah, th- this this was just like a, you know, this this is not your typical Christmas special. Would you guys agree? <laughs> <laughs> 
yes. <laughs> I was kind of unsure as to what the point of this was and what they were <laughs> trying to trying to push. But uh, you know, I, I kind of like I said, I've only seen it uh, twice now, essentially, and I did like it more the second time. Uh, the first time was a little startling. Uh, and, and how it's sort of like <laughs> formulated and everything. I'm just like, like, what is going on here? But uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's just kind of jump into the the general discussion now. Uh, basically, uh, Diallo, you you mentioned you know really loving this now and everything after after a few viewings and whatnot. Uh, let's do let's talk about it. What 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 do you really enjoy about this this Christmas special? Well, the best part for me is Skeletor, um, the softening of Skeletor. Um, so when he is with the two kids, that like that's kind of like the heart of the entire thing. Um, and it's actually funny what you because you just said like you after a couple of viewings, like you're like, what's going on? And I, <laughs> my memory. The first time watching it with Zach, it it was like primarily my memory was Skeletor and the kids and him like saying he didn't want to be evil or he wants to be evil. He doesn't want to be good, that kind of stuff. Um, but then I watched it again and I, I realized how little of that <laughs> was actually in this one. Um, and it's mostly it's only like just the last of, 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, for some reason, I thought it was like most of the episode. But anyways, uh, yeah, a lot of it's just kind of chaos. Um, <laughs> but it's still it's still fun. I don't know. Like, uh, um, I, you know, kind of looking at it from more of like a writer standpoint, like if I had to make a Christmas special with He-Man and She-Ra, I think they came up with like a, a good framework to do a Christmas story that has nothing to do with a world that doesn't even have Christmas. So thought it was fine. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really, to me, it's just Skeletor. And it kind of like, it sums up the whole meaning of Christmas, I think, you know, um, that like, it's, it's a time even for evil people to be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, um, I was actually just going to back up Diallo. My, my notes here, I think this really picks up when the Skeletor part and and when the Ske- when Skeletor has to interact with the kids, that's my favorite part of the whole thing. I think it's fantastic. Like you said, Diallo, the the softening of Skeletor, I thought was just awesome to watch like just really like sort of heartwarming and everything this one part where they're like oh you know they, they thank him or something and he smiles and he's like oh no i don't want to smile and you're just like oh <laughs> oh skeletor just just give in to the happiness you know and uh so so for me that was the highlight that was the the pinnacle the peak and i, and I agree with you diallo i think that was pretty much the heart and soul of this episode but the fact that like i had known about that and was like sort of expecting the whole thing to be about Skeletor with the kids. I guess I was a little shocked that it was in literally the last 10 minutes. Um, and like you said, the rest of the the show is is chaotic, but not in a bad way. It, it's it's kind of fun. Um, my other probably my other favorite part of the of the whole thing is just bringing kids in from Earth. you know, as a kid growing up watching He-Man, there was always a bit of a disconnect for me because these are whole, these are on another other planet. These are all technically aliens, even though they look human. Um, I always say that about Star Wars. People are like, "Oh, why do what did Ben Kenobi age differently and this and that on Tatooine?" It's like, well, first of all, guys and gals, 
These aren't humans. Every person is an alien. You know what I mean? They're not Earth humans. So for me, when I was a kid, that was a kind of a disconnect with He-Man. I did always like how the Queen was from Earth. Uh, you know, uh, He-Man's mom, Queen Marlena. Yeah, I always thought she, I always thought that was cool <laughs> that she was from Earth. But here. I liked that the kids came to Eternia because then I could kind of, even though I didn't watch it when I was a kid, I could kind of see how you could put yourself into their shoes as a kid when you're watching this. So I, I do like that, but I love the Skeletor part. is definitely my favorite. It did a good job. Really like, quick note on... Uh, oh. Yeah, I was like, it did a good job um, of... <laughs> like, of bringing the kids to Earth instead of, like, everyone going to Earth, like the he like the he man movie um uh you want to you want to keep the fantastic element in it to make it special so having and having them come to eternia whatever makes it makes it pop not the other way around agreed zach you got cut off twice buddy sorry about that (laughs) no 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 i first of all i was gonna say queen marlena has some really great backstories i thought you were gonna say she has some really great breasts because she does (laughs) well she does she has some rack stories but um yeah no she she does uh they, they do a really cool job of uh kind of introducing where she how she got the how she got to eternia there's one episode in particular called the rainbow warrior. That's very cool. Uh, where Adam slips up. Well, it's kind of revealed that Marlena knows that Adam is he man because she says a mother always knows. Right. Hmm. But, uh, what I love about, yeah, it is, it is chaotic. I agree with you, Diallo. I think the way they introduce, uh, Alicia, not Alicia, but depending on who you are and what your accent is, you either call her Alicia or you call her Alicia (laughs) and Miguel, uh, who are clearly adopted because their parents look nothing like them and neither do the kids. And it's all good. It's, so it's talking about adoption, too. It's a, it's a beautiful like that's the beautiful thing about Lou Scheimer and Filmation. They're able to encompass so many moral stories into one episode or moral issues. But this special really does have like two separate stories going on. It's well, three, if you think about it, it's got kids it's got the search for Orko initially. How do we get Orko back? Then it's got the monstroids. Then it's got Horde Prime wanting to ruin Christmas for everyone uh, or ruin the spirit of Christmas, right? Because this is more about the spirit. We we all have the spirit of Christmas inside us, right? <laughs> That's what uh, Adam says, I think. At the end of this, I'll read the full moral message that Prince Adam and Orko have back and forth, which is hilarious. Um but it's, you know, it's it's like three different stories, but the core story being Skeletor's kind of change, right? He's the Scrooge of the story, if you think about it. He's the one who, uh, he's told, it's totally a Scrooge story. And that actually just came to me as I've said it. And because I was the whole time, I'm like, where is like their, their twist on Christmas? But this does have a little, a lot of heavy christmas themes throughout if you think about it you know people have often said oh this is not a christmas special it doesn't have anything to do with christmas well clearly they didn't watch it because all it it talks about christmas through the whole thing it's just very weird and it's very much he-man it's a total he-man story like none of all this all the action all the backstories to everything all track with he-man and she-ra none of this feels foreign to that Yeah, I think for me, I wish it focused more on Skeletor. I almost wish somehow he got teleported to Earth 
and had to interact with people on Earth and maybe even bring back the 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 holiday spirit himself. Now I know that kind of doesn't make sense moving forward because Scrooge, like you know, he makes an, a change for his entire life at that point. That's the whole point uh, of a Christmas Carol. But we know that Skeletor's not going to but just the fact that i loved how much how well he interacted with the kids and i enjoyed all of that it's like he's but he's gone for like a third of it like he's at the beginning yeah and then he's like sort of missing in the middle like they have to go on like little tasks to go do stuff and then it's just it's it's not this like linear story it's kind of like bounces all over the place uh the monstroids like i didn't i was like are they are they in Shira? Like they look like a cross between one episode. They look like a cross between robotics and Starriers, you know? <laughs> it's their take. It was Filmation's take on Transformers, which was not very good. No. And they do come back, even though they're they're completely destroyed by the Manchines and He-Man and She-Ra in this, they do come back in a later episode of season two of She-Ra, and it's it's not good. So does Snout Spout, too, by the way. Snout Spout makes an appearance, in, I think, in season two. <laughs> I hated but the Manchines. I hated Mon- the Manchines. They're terrible. The Manchines never come back, Good. so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> they, gave me, they, uh, hell. they gave me the bat vibes from uh, the G.I. Joe comic book a little bit. I don't know why. They just did. The, uh, bat, the bat robots? Yeah. Just like they were giant robots. That's all. I'm not going too deep. Oh, the Manchines. Are oh, you talking about the Monstroids? The Monstroids. The Monstroids. The Whatever. Man- yeah, yeah. Whatever the big the, giant The Manchines were, were blue. Whatever <laughs> yeah. they were. Not the little fun robot what? things that were in them, too. I don't know. So a, lot was, a lot was going on. It was chaos. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Like, there was a lot going on. I'm Zipper. Zippy. <laughs> I will say too, really quick, that um, the way uh, they kind of sprinkle in all of the random characters is really cool in this. You know, they they're able to fit some core people in, but obviously, big omissions being like Beast Man, the the big the big three the the big backup three or four, I guess. Trap Job, Beast Man, Merman, and Evil Lynn are nowhere to be seen in this. Um, you know, Skeletor has Web Store, Ratlore, and Spike Ore with too, him. And too bad. And too bad. <laughs> and too bad. Yes, which I've always loved. Too bad. But uh, they they were only in it for, for in the beginning. Yeah, this this episode. It's almost like midway through. They're like, we should really make this about Skeletor, because if you think about it, a lot of it is about Shira and all like. You know, Hordak, Horde Prime, I don't think was introduced until I think this is one of the few or I think he had another appearance in the series, but very few appearances of Horde Prime. So this is like basically maybe this, his only appearance. Yeah, I, I didn't know if Horde Prime was was actually in Shira uh, or not. Diallo, did you ever really watch Shira back in the day? Oh, yeah, I watched. I, it's funny. I watched Shira like. Shira almost every day. Um, Shira, but I don't really remember a lot <laughs> about it at the same time. <laughs> I, I don't. It's weird. It's really weird. But yeah, I used to watch it every almost every day. Um, I really dug it. Um, I used to just kind of like pay attention to see the end when the little guy was hiding in the forest, and you had to or in Lukey? the scene, yeah, and you had to figure out where he was. That was like the highlight for me. So. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I, oh yeah, my God, I remember that. So, yeah. So I must have watched Shira at some point because I do remember the fact that they had somebody hidden every episode, right? He was in mm-hmm. every episode in a different spot. Yeah. He was the one who gave the moral message at the end. He was the moral. He was the. The moral compass. You know. He, yeah. Yeah. Even though they had Cowl, K O W L, he's the one who's dancing with Orko in the uh, in the in the music scene, the yeah. song the the song montage or whatever. Uh, Luki was their was their like a little moral guy at the end. Shira, you know, it's funny. I didn't watch it that much as a kid, but then watching it with Bodhi, I realized like Jem. It was a cartoon that was female centric, but could still appeal to young boys at a time when that was not common. Oh, look at Shira's legs, I tell you. Well, <laughs> they go for days, days, I say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But um, so, you know, you know uh, I mentioned off air that the two young child actors, uh, one was played by uh, Lana Benson. She played Alicia. Not a very notable person, but R.D. Robb voices Miguel. Does that name sound familiar to you guys? R.D. Robb? Yes. No. Um. <laughs> good. Because well, so I'll 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 give you. Uh, he was a child actor, and he has a another notable film that he was in a couple years prior. Um, he played Schwartz in A Christmas Story. Oh shit! Okay, damn. All right. So Artie Rob is also in the Christmas Story Christmas, the the new one. Um. But yeah, I just figured that was worth noting because obviously, uh, you know, the original, all the other voice actors, Alan Oppenheimer, George DeCenzo, uh, uh, Aaron Gray, not Aaron Gray, um, uh, Linda, Linda Gary. Sorry, I always got her confused with Linda Gray. Uh, Linda Gary, uh, John Irwin, Melody Britt, the, all the original cast members of He-Man were in this. Uh, Erica Scheimer who's Lou Scheimer's daughter. Mm. Apparently she had just graduated Stanford at the time. Uh, and she's the one who wrote and composed that song, that famous song. Mm. That it's all play. tracking now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, then you realize why that song was put in the show. <laughs> because, actually, man, it is, it's cheesy, but I still love I it. I mean, it, I, it's appropriate like it's a christmas it's totally appropriate it's a christmas episode like why not you know? yeah so but it definitely also <laughs> caught my actually when i was watching it i didn't text you guys but i was going to be like oh this is a total banger but uh <laughs> <laughs> well she well you'll you'll be happy to know diallo that apparently erica Scheimer. i don't know if she's still in a band uh-huh. um but she was in a band for a long time and she would perform that live oh wow uh, yeah very happy to know that yeah, I figured you would. <laughs> <laughs> now, one one thing I noticed because, I, like I said, I didn't watch Shira. I guess a lot, but I guess I watched it some. Uh, is how different her music is. Uh, you know, when when she trans transforms, um, and then I Shira, Shira, Shira. But uh, I also noticed that that standing next to her brother, her brother is wearing a lot less clothes than she is. It's it's kind of interesting 
how design-wise, they are the exact opposite of what you mostly would see as a kid. I mean, shit, you, you know, you'd see superheroes where the guy head to toes, you spandex clothing and stuff, and then the girl is like in a bikini and they're in the snow, but she still has to be in a bikini because, you know, comic books are written for boys back in the 80s. <laughs> but like here, I was like, huh, that's interesting. Like He-Man is practically naked and she is almost fully clothed. And I'm like, that's there's got to be something to discuss here, but yeah, I'm not sure. Well, she also has more accessories than he does. He just has his sword, and while he can do a lot with it, she can make it transform into a lot of things. Fire. Yeah. She made it turn into rope. fire. Yeah. She's <laughs> and the... rope. Yeah. And she kind of instinctively knew all that stuff, too. I thought that was kind of interesting. Like, why can't He-Man do that stuff? Because he's Prince Adam. Because his sword can't... <laughs> change into things like like hers can right nope his can't but hers can hers can turn hers, into a space she helmet. can do she anything did in one episode yeah he he like he, anything he like transforms and that's kind of it and then she, her sword yep. can do all this cool stuff and she's got a flying horse she's got a horse that sounds like buffalo bill from silence of the lambs <laughs> oh she-ra uh, but yeah the, I, the, I mean the, when i heard him <laughs> <laughs> right yeah he t- definitely did not sound like his voice <laughs> like his voice didn't sound like what you thought he would uh it should have but uh yeah i think like for the for the toys or the designs i think it just i mean i you you've watched the toys that made us right um and they talk about mm-hmm. sort of like the history of he-man's design i can't remember if they talk about she-ra on that show or not but like she i mean that line was definitely for girls i mean and so it was created to sort of like epitomize whatever they like resonated with, right? So the skirt and the hair and she looked very feminine as opposed to He-Man that was definitely meant to appeal to like whatever boys idealize. So that's why he's like barbarian, right? Um, and that was actually a big reason why a lot of incels were really upset um, when they did that She-Ra cartoon a few years ago um complaining that she looked too cartoony or something instead of like how how they thought she was supposed to look which was very feminine well it's interesting you bring that up diallo because they made one she-ra cartoon but they made uh two he-man cartoons yeah right they made one that's super cartoony then they made one that's more accurate or more more like you know, anime, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, if you if I had to compare the two. Um, the original She-Ra toy line was very, yeah, totally like dolls, right, with the fake hair and everything like that. And I remember as a kid, I didn't, I wasn't into that because I didn't want to, first of all, I didn't like things that had fake hair. It was always turned me off, action figure-wise. But then when the, shout-out to actually when Super 7 made figures that were relatively inexpensive at the time like 25 bucks for those filmation looking figures they nailed it with those that filmation line of toys and they made that cartoon accurate she-ra and they made that car and like the four horsemen guys made those masters of the universe toy lines like the cartoon accurate glimmer and peekaboo and like bow of all people you know bow looked badass finally and they gave him a mustache which the original toy didn't have a mustache well he did i thought I he thought was he a cool had, looking i thought he had a mustache i always thought i always thought he looked like a gay porn star but you're telling me he had a mustache I, before <laughs> 
with the I, heart. I, on I, I never, I can never get over that guy. <laughs> he, he actually, he's I, actually I mean, probably why I never could like really get it. He had the heart on his chest, and I'm like, yep, see you later, man. I'm too cool for this. Well, but <laughs> it, it, I got Diallo. Diallo, I am. I'm thank thank you for being the one to say it. Um, but that is a hundred percent how I basically viewed that character uh, as a kid. And again, you got to all figure that we all grew up in the '80s, so it's sort of a different vibe and a different time. But that is a hundred percent how I viewed that character. And I was like, yeah, it's not really my steez. And then I'm watching this now, and like. That one scene with with him and the other girl that can do the the changing of the seasons. I hated the way she talked. And then you know I'm. I'm, Why do you hate the way she talks? (laughs) And And she looks like she's on drugs. Yep. And then I'm I'm like watching it with Myra, and Myra's like. What the fuck's that one lady's name? And I'm like, she's like, is it Peekaboo? And I'm like, no, it's it's. I'm like, no, it's Peekaboo. And she's like, fuck. And I'm just like, I, I'm like, I know. And so here, so here's my thing with with Shira. I think Shira herself is fantastically designed. To me, she appeals to me. I think she's awesome. I think I like all of her villains. I liked Hordak. I liked his robot henchmen. I liked all, I liked Katra. I liked all of her villains, but I hated all of her, like, you know, allies and compatriots or whatever. And I get it. They're not, you didn't like Mermista. Oh God. I get it. They're not geared towards me, but I'll tell you right now, aside from Shira, I hate them all. (laughs) well hold on you don't know hold on i'm just gonna i'm just gonna because you may not know this character there's a one there's a character named seahawk who had he's in this he they just he's drawn in this he doesn't talk but he had a little story arc uh with she-ra because Bo was always his her buddy right she uh Bo was like the the tila to he-man's uh to he-man but Seahawk was a badass character with a really cool storyline. Um, so I, I, I recommend you go down a little loop, check out Seahawk. The, the picture Corey's showing me is not the Seahawk oh, from the filmation. It's one. the new That's one. From the, okay. Yeah, which is not cool in my opinion. But the original Seahawk is badass. Um, oh, oh, yeah, I see, I, I see him. Uh, I see him here, and I saw him in the he's got like red hair a black um sort of headband and a red uh uh, beard like a chin beard um i saw him walk by and i didn't know who the fuck that guy was he's cool he's cool and and i definitely recommend watching the secret of the sword movie the he-man and she-ra secret of the sword movie when Bo makes his first appearance because Bo is actually kind of a badass in that uh when he's like undercover in one of hordak's grottos if you will like one of his bars um so he has his moments this one i think that character is flutterina that was the name of the the one was like okay children it's springtime uh like her basically pulling an oprah and throwing spring everywhere no it was uh perfuma oh sorry perfume thank Mm. you perfuma yes yes you know i was uh, while i vomit (laughs) <laughs> Miguel and Alicia are like, we want to go home now. She's like, no, you're not going anywhere. You know, when I, I think about it, it's like the, the He-Man toys were more like, bar, like they all look like those barbarian type warlord. They even like Tila, right? Like she looks like a yeah, barbarian yeah. princess, right? But um, 
the She-Ra, they all look like her. All her friends look look like fairies. And again, yeah, it's yes. more for. It was geared towards girls, and so someone decided that that's what they wanted, and so that's why. Like I'm, I'm kind of like you, Corey. Like I never really like I watched it all the time, but I never. I didn't pop with me for me for the, the same as He-Man. I think they came on like in the same hour and I was just used to watch it. Um, but yeah, I didn't really get into it like like I could have gotten into like He-Man shows. And a lot of it was because of her, her friends. They just were kind of like mm-hmm. ethereal and there and um, it wasn't aggressive enough, but it wasn't for me. Like it was for like girls and, you know, I'm a, yeah. I'm a tough guy, so... <laughs> yeah, me did too. you did you get did you guys notice the uh the homage or reference to another 80s like iconic image early in the movie or in, early in the special a mm-hmm. white image that no one's afraid of or four guys ain't afraid of oh really there's a ghost in there so when Orko lands on Earth and gets hit oh. into the snow and the snow falls on him, that's a blatant homage or reference to the Ghostbusters ghost. Oh, that, that's mm. supposed to be Moogly, uh, the, the white ghost that's in the, yeah, the, the, okay. Yeah, I was like, that was a little weird, but I was like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, Orko never never really bothered me too much as a kid. Um, it wasn't never one of my favorites. Orko's great. Um, He's great. I, I wish... Tila was in this more, and I wish Cringer uh, and, and Battle Cat was in it, because what was that shitty red thing that He-Man was flying on at the beginning of the... Of the, <laughs> the, the, the rocket, something rocket. The, the rocket is, sled with wheels that don't well, move because he's flying. It's called a laser bolt. Um, That's not what it, they it called only, it in the show, in the TV show. Though. They called it something else, right? Didn't they? So it it was the only appearance of that I can see vehicle why. from and so that that toy that toy was on a a zip pull thing where you where you have the long cord to pull out yeah and it would take off and it was called the laser bolt um, it's one of the last vehicles in the toy line yeah I I, I can see why <laughs> no it just looked like they just like randomly took a couple pieces of plastic and just threw it out it didn't have any like distinct design it didn't look cool it just looked like, it looked like the sidecar on a much cooler vehicle that's what it looked like you know I, I, you're, you, I think you're, you nailed it right there. It looks like a sidecar uh, on a much cooler vehicle. Now, like compared to one of my all-time favorite sort of vehicles was the thing Skeletor is flying on, you know, whatever those sky sleds were. You know, remember they can't oh, – yeah. and that was also uh, Diallo, a sidecar on a vehicle. But I thought that actually piece was the coolest part of it. I never quite liked the tank aspect of that vehicle. I always liked – the flying sled thing a portion of that vehicle. Zach, what is that called? Uh, so that one, I, was it like the battle ram or something like that? But then, but, but, uh, but the, but the thing was with those, at least in the cartoon, Skeletor's had a snake head. He-Man had like a Eagle's head. Yeah. And they were slightly different colors. Uh, He-Man's were typically blue and Skeletors were that kind of greenish color, um, but they were all a part of that one toy. Bat- I think it was. I feel like it was called the Battle Ram. I, I'm probably wrong. I'm, 
I'm, I'm not I'm not researching that right now, but uh, or I didn't research that. Um, but the ship that Skeletor flies with his crew in the beginning of the episode, I always felt like they dropped the ball on never making that toy. Um, that because it was really cool looking, and I feel like Super Seven could have released a scale version of that. I, we know our boy Fern would have bought that if it came out. Um, was that on yeah, He-Man? Those, did, those he, little, did, yeah. did Skeletor use that like later in the seasons? Because I, I don't remember that as much, but I do have some vague remembrance of it. Because it wasn't like the He's first season. He's had it in right? other episodes. Okay. It, it, yeah, it showed up, It showed up. I think, in the Rainbow Warrior episode, actually. Um, it, he would use it for like massive attacks on Eternia. <laughs> of course. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human. Something always watching. Something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide? If you were haunted for seven winters alone. Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone, a dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook. On the winter solstice, when the lasting darkness threatens to descend upon the land of Atalan once united, Magi in training, Wilt Garen, and his shepherd, warrior in training, Bredain Adair, must find an ancient lost weapon before the ultimate ancient evil returns to the world of Aeos. Hi there, I'm A.D. Jackson, writer of the First Noel's Chronicle podcast. The First Noel is an epic, family-friendly adventure told in serialized form. Think of it as Lord of the Rings meets, well, Christmas. Join us each week for the next thrilling chapter of The First Noel, now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and all major podcasting apps, as well as Kindle Vela if you want to take a read. Thanks, and see you in Adelan. The Winter Tell is almost here. And now back to the show. So I, I do want to call out the fact. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching this with Myra, and you know, we're we're sitting here, but neither of us have ever seen it. You know, Orko crash lands on Earth. These kids start telling them about uh, you know Christmas, and so they at some point they cut they kind of cut back, and they're talking about like Jesus and stuff and everything. And Myra goes, oh. So this is how it, okay, okay, so this is where they're going to go. Then they come back again, and they're like, and now, you know, they're talking about Santa Claus. And I just wish, like, Orko was like, you know, what the fuck is this, basically? <laughs> like, like when you think about it, like, from an outsider's perspective, it should be so insane to, to Orko, you know what I mean? But but he just accepts No, like, he comes from a magic world, though. He, he might have actually yeah. like, been like, what, like what, what is your, you know, what nation is this uh, god-like being from? And he would have accepted it, I think. But I see what you I, yeah. I I get what you're throwing though because it, like it definitely is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, his his the uh, the he his godlike being is a is a chick that turns into a bird, so yeah. you know, and can turn back again. 
you know, so it's and he's a little blue goblin. So, uh, by the way, if you've ever seen Orko unmasked, it's pretty amazing. Orko unmasked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you mean literally with uh, with that. With yes. The, yeah. 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 With the blue face. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's like it, it actually the humor would be like Jesus Christ versus uh, the sorceress. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. That's what that's where the humor would be like. Yeah, that would be good stuff. Well, well, that would have been funny if if uh, if uh, Orko says, well, we have a God on our planet, too. And then Miguel and Alicia go, no, there's only one God. It's, it's in- and then they burn there's Orko. Only- <laughs> and they murder Orko. Yeah, they burn him at the stake. So that, but I mean, like, that kind of brings up a point that I didn't sort of even realize until we're talking about it. You don't see the sorceress in this, which is kind of no, kind of weird. And you don't see Castle Grayskull at all. If anything, I would love to see Castle Grayskull with like Christmas lights on it and whatnot. Mm. I feel like I just feel like I, I know what they had to do because they put Shira in this. But I almost kind of wish that since that there since it all takes place on Eternia, that they just cut out the Hordak stuff and concentrated more on the Masters of the Universe mythos and, and actually have Grayskull and, and Skeletor be a bigger part of it or make the whole thing like 90 minutes versus, you know, 45 minutes. Make it like an hour and 15, you know, make it a full... I just feel like as chaotic as it was, <laughs> Diallo, I mean, that was such an accurate statement. I still felt like I wanted more from it and then I wanted them to omit other things. Like, I wanted them to take out the the mandroids because I fucking hated them. Um, but then I wanted to see more uh, iconic stuff that, that I knew, like, like Castle Grayskull and, and the Sorceress and having Tila actually do something and having Battle Cat actually in there. Um, stu- stuff like that, I felt like... Just kind of also another thing, it just kind of created a little bit of a, of a disconnect for me as as being just a He-Man fan and not a He-Man and She-Ra fan. But I guess me saying that as well makes me realize that, okay, this is also trying to sell me on She-Ra. And then hopefully you would get, a, you know, get someone who watches this to go watch She-Ra if you didn't watch it before, basically. Well, you've also, uh, they, they missed a big plot device that they used in Secret of the Sword, for example, Sorceress has a gateway in Castle Grayskull to Etheria. So He-Man was actually able to step through the portal in Castle Grayskull to go to Etheria versus, you know, needing uh, carrium crystals to get this ship back to Earth or back to Eternia or them hopping planets with ease. They didn't like explain that at all. It would have been nice. That would have been a nice little gateway for Sorceress to come in and use her powers even having sorceress bring the ship back for example but without the carrium crystal storyline we wouldn't have had mermista and the little the, the <laughs> sea demon that they had in that vin- little moment so uh that's a win for shira fans i suppose sea C- demon his name was like C- monster beast like something so he was it was as horrible as he was designed 
I love Mermista, though. She's awesome. <laughs> you just like those. You want to see those uh, shells fall away off of her boobies. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Corey, Corey's hot tonight. He's I like, know. you want to see that skirt, baby? Look at those legs for days. Dude, there, there's, a, there's a part where Shira does this, like, spin kick when she busts out of the bubble. And uh, I paused it. You can see a little underwear right there, like one frame. I was like, you guys, you sure little you pervs. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. I was gonna make a whole thing about how uh, they probably had to um, pay attention to like parental guidelines or whatever. Um, but like you're throwing out all the stuff about boobies and um, panties, so maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> well, they never. She never. Um, she never has an upskirt. That's for sure. No, 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 she doesn't. I was, I was thinking more of like, um, like slightly serious. I was thinking more of like in terms of uh, the like Castle Grayskull and the sorcerer stuff. Um, just because I like at the at the time there there was a lot of like de- demonic fear that was going around. Like um, a year, a couple years before, like people wanted the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon off the air. And even though it had nothing to do with, like, actual, you know, sacrificing of people. But uh, what's his name? Um, Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off bat, back masking music. Um, All that stuff was, like, like, people were freaking out about it. So I could actually see how, like, the production company for the studio could have been like, no, you can't put the castle and the sorceress in this Christmas thing that we're going to market to everybody, you know, that's interesting because the only magic that's used for good, there's magic used for bad, for example, Skeletor with his staff. Uh, well, he uses it for good because he gives Miguel and Alicia uh, down jackets after Alicia passes out and starts to get frostbite, which is hilarious. After Alicia dies, Myra's like, did she just die? Because she just, like, falls over. <laughs> and, and her brother Miguel's like, come on, Skeletor, we're, we're tired, we're cold. Um, but the only, the true magic that's used throughout is the, ma- the magic of Christmas. So maybe they didn't want that to be tainted or toned down because Sorceress is using her magic, and she could easily use her magic to, you know, do all that stuff. Because she's bigger than God. Yeah. You guys both bring up good points there. Um, I think you're right, Zach. They'd probably be like, look, because they do talk about the magic of Christmas, you know, so I think they don't want other magic to sort of confuse kids. But Diallo, yeah, like, I mean, obviously we now know, you know, we can look back and we know about the the mid-80s satanic panic that that basically popped up. And in my head, I, I didn't ever think that it would at all affect he-man or something but i i think you're right that probably had some sort of sway in a conversation that you know the producers probably had about like what what we're going to show what what's going to be in this and i yeah i wouldn't be surprised if like given the current climate of the country they were like uh Let's keep uh, Castle Grayskull maybe out of this one just to kind of keep it a bit lighter or something, you know. Um, and I do. I think you're right, Dale. I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Satanic Panic had some sort of effect on this. Yeah, and then it, it like it leaned heavy into the Shira stuff because again, that's a little bit more, you know, it's a little softer than the He-Man side. And if it's a Christmas story, that would probably be something that you would want to lean into more. And then also, 
He-Man was kind of like it was starting to get to its last legs at that point, and Shiva was ramping up. So they definitely wanted to like put more emphasis on this, uh, the the new toys, basically, right? The new toy line. So yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's why you you didn't see as much of the the old school He-Man stuff, and it, it kind of reminds me of like um, you know GI Joe and Transformers the movie where we didn't like they wanted to get rid of the old old guard so they could sell the new toys and so you didn't see like your favorites you know yeah and um you had a bunch of new people who some of them grew on you and others didn't but you just kind of you know just wanted to see ironhide not get killed and he died (laughs) i know poor ironhide he gets got all the time fucking jazz you know I always like jazz. jazz. Jazz was always one of my favorites. Yeah. Um. But let's uh let's talk about the actual like Christmas aspect of this. I I do like you know, and I do understand that aside from the kids, you know, Orko is supposed to sort of represent the kid viewer. You know, aside from the kids in this particular episode, but like Orko in general on He Man is supposed to represent sort of the kids. And I do like how. He keeps being like, oh, it's all about the presents. But, you know, uh, Prince Adam uh, kind of says no. And even even Miguel and, and his sister, they're like, no, it's 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 the presents are nice. But it's really about the, the spirit of of the season. And I like how I do like how, you know, they, they address the fact that, like, you know, not everybody celebrates Christmas, but everybody can feel the holiday spirit and 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 actually you know live the holiday spirit and everything you don't have to be into christmas or the per se but it's more about the the spirit of the times and everything and i i like that i i like that orco keeps pushing for the presence because as a kid that's what we all want but i do like how the show constantly pushes back because if orco didn't ask for the presence you know i think it would be a little bit too heavy-handed you know but the fact that he's like he's the voice of the kids and we all just want the presents but i like that they're like the presents are nice but that's not what it's about and i think they do a good job of actually pushing that that forward can i read the the actual moral yes for you yes <laughs> okay do, so, do it in your so best prince, prince adam voice it's <laughs> my prince adam voice going into orco as well so that's how christmas first came to eternia not everyone celebrates christmas But the spirit of Christmas season is within us all. It's a season of love and joy and caring. And presents! (laughs) Presents are nice, Orko, but Christmas means much more than that. I know, Adam. Christmas is a time of peace and caring and happiness. That's right, Orko. And what would make you happiest this Christmas? Presents! (laughs) Presents! <laughs> oh, Orko. <laughs> and then he has a weird <laughs> smile that he has when he looks at the camera. But yeah, and that was a terrible Orko. I tried, I tried, but it's I didn't have a vocoder on. But I, you know, and that of course comes at the very end, like it's of course it's supposed to. But I do think that that message is peppered in throughout. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. the, the actual show and, and Diallo, you know, you mentioned earlier, if, you know, if you were going to write this, like, you know, is this how you would have tackled this? Is, is this what you would have like sort of focused on or would you have like tried to add a bit more of the, the message peppered throughout? I mean, I can't say that. I mean, I don't know what I would have done in 1985, but I can, <laughs> I can say if you, if, uh, someone dropped some cash on me to, to rewrite this, I would, I mean, I would try to find a way to incorporate Eternia and Etheria a little bit better um, and probably have, like, Christmas under threat 
and they need to save it somehow. That's what I would do. Um, speaking of that, the first Noel is coming soon. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <Solid> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, or I, I think I, or I would make it like the first, maybe the, yeah, it might be better if it was 90 minutes. The first, whatever, one third is on Eternia. The second third is on Etheria. And then the third part is either on Earth or some other place. And they're saving Christmas somehow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there would be no mandroids or whatever they were. <laughs> no, no, none. none the monstroids. I would have the mom. I'd actually, and I would have the mom be more involved too, since she was actually from Earth, and kind of play with her backstory a little bit more. Um, maybe have her return home yeah. or something like that. Yeah, there's a. Yeah, there you go. There's a whole scene where she comes to her whole childhood home, and it's like you get the importance of Christmas. And maybe that was the last time she was there. It was on Christmas Day, and you get a scene where she is remembering that, and then you get the the whole feeling of what Christmas is all about. And then Adam, he like gets to experience that, and then yeah, like that's and then she's got her both both for kids together, and yeah, that's what I would do. Somebody needs to pay me to write this. Queen Marlena could say, you know, when I was on Earth, there was a war on Christmas. And the night I was watching Fox News and Donald Trump, who I voted for, came down and said there was a war on Christmas. And evil Joe Biden tried to take us over. Is that true, Queen Marlena? Yes, it is, King Randor. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, sorry, she sorry. is no, part of the 1% and she was in the military, right? So... You know, you know, yeah, yeah probably. But but Yellow, you bring up a good point. Marlena, Queen Marlena is from Earth and it's established by this point and even she even says it. Why why does she take such a back seat to this story? I feel like she should be like, guys, like at least be like, look, I know how to celebrate Christmas. Let's set up a tree and do stuff. <laughs> and it's just yeah. she it it almost she acknowledges it, but then has no like uh, effect or agency over, over any of it after you know moving forward and it's like aside from the kids you're the most knowledgeable person here about it yeah those are i mean yeah those are the times though you know there wasn't a lot of like continuity outside of outside of comic books there was really none of that going on in any medium and you had the barest thread in things like he-man gummy bears was one you saw the va the vaguest hints sometimes of like there being a progression of story and and stuff but it just just kind of wasn't the way things were so i don't even know if they thought to do that you know um, it's kind of like an afterthought. So she just kind of casually throws it out there that <laughs> she's from Earth. And then you move back to the main players, you know, because that's what I think the the writers, that's kind of what they're, they were just about putting forward She-Ra and He-Man the whole time. And so it didn't really matter what made sense, you know. Well, I mean, we think about... holiday? Well, I mean, King, King Randor... And Queen Marlena, I mean, they're the parents. They're they're the old fogies, even though Queen Marlena's fucking hot as hell. They're the old fogies that the kids are like, you know, they're not going to want to see doing the adventure. Hey, Corey, they want to see are you, the kids. Are you ovulating or something? 
<laughs> Dude, I don't know, man. You know what it is? I don't get to watch He-Man that much anymore, and I forget how freaking hot so many of the characters are in it. <laughs> I need to just go well, back and revisit uh, it. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised you're not shouting out like Peekaboo with the with or um. Again, Mermista. Again, again, I hate all of those characters. <laughs> give me Tila, give me Evelyn any freaking day of the week. Um, my my, so, so my, my last note, I would say, uh, on this is that at the very end, I was fully expecting Skeletor to be at the celebration, but he wasn't, and I was mm. very disappointed well, in that. I, I will I will push back on on Skeletor having a full um, kind of coming to Jesus or Scrooge moment because the guy does have a melted off face and spoiler <laughs> he's he's supposed to be he's supposed to be Keldor who is the uncle of Adam uh, and and so you know he's if I had a melted off face I don't know if I would turn the page either and and become a full good guy he had enough of a good guy moment to take down um Horde Prime because Horde Prime I think was literally going to murder those kids <laughs> yeah, so. Psycho Gorman style yeah I think he was I think he was going to turn Miguel into a human brain yeah. <laughs> and Alicia into like a skin puppet but um that's just my theory uh I did not share that theory with Bodhi by the way no um <laughs> But but you know, and, and Hordak is Hordak's just pure evil. He doesn't have any real moral uh, compass. But Skeletor has just enough at times. I think there was another episode where Orko, Skeletor, and Sorceress worked together, and that was uh, to save Eternia. And that was one of a maybe one other time that Skeletor showed that he had. A good guy side to him but yeah i agree with you it would have been nice to see him like you know eating an apple or eat. i would have liked to see him drinking a beverage and then having it come out the sides of his face because all he is is a skull <laughs> and then be like Meh. and every, everybody's like ha ha and he's like Meh. <laughs> give me that flight belt you piece of crap what hey Boop. uh skeletor you can't say that screw you adam <laughs> those flight belts by the way were amazing that miguel and alicia got <laughs> yeah and they were amazing. Yeah, they're yeah. good. And I love how Adam's like, yeah, yeah, ho, 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 here's a couple of flight belts. Yeah, and just like throws them at the kids. <laughs> oh, thanks. He, thanks, Santa. You That's think actually be like another... a communicator to talk back to them or something, but yeah. That's actually another like thing that they missed on was like actually having actual Santa show up and giving presents. Yeah. Like... Why? What? What? You didn't like Adam and Santa Claus? <laughs> like nobody liked Adam Santa Claus. He even <laughs> adored. Ah. She was like, what the, "What the hell are you doing, dude? You're not fooling anybody." Ho ho ho! Merry <laughs> Christmas, everyone. Did, did Super she Seven? Did Super Seven make um uh, a? Uh, yeah, look at those legs, man. Did Super Seven make <laughs> a a uh, Adam Prince Adam as as Santa Claus? I feel like no. I feel like that's a no brainer. You know, they oh, were going that. to. The, the I would cheese... actually buy that too because I, I love his that. his fat belly, his pillow yeah. belly. Yeah. <laughs> I I would have bought it too in a heartbeat. They cheesed out. I think they made like a candy cane colored sword, and that was oh, it. Lame. Like they, it was really lame. They missed the boat big time on that. Whatever. Fuck them. <laughs> 
I, sorry. I love sorry, dead silence and see, and see see what gets filled by it. <laughs> um, but, I'm th- but yeah, I was thinking like, like, does Kevin Smith have the does Kevin Smith have the rights not to the He Man or whatever, but like to like whatever this latest iteration is or i'm just trying to figure out how we can get a christmas special remade (laughs) well you know so so i have this book it's the he-man and she-ra complete guide to the classic animated adventures by james etock our friend james etock we interviewed Uh, him you can check out the uh the interview on our free feed Exactly. Yeah. And he talked about uh, actually they're still in the middle of making the fake uh, the return of faker episode uh, and a whole Kickstarter campaign behind that. But he gave this a five out of ten this Christmas special. Um, He's not too high up on it. However, he does admit that if you just watch it for nostalgic sake or Christmas sake, you'll have a good time, which I agree. If you let all the other stuff go, I shoot. Bodhi is is knee deep in Minecraft and Pokemon and like live action stuff. And he still loves this. He still he sat with me and we talked about how last time he watched it, Diallo was here. And uh, and I well, yeah, like I think Diallo, you might have come last year as well to watch it, too. I don't remember anything about last year. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't think most people do. No. <laughs> but but I do know that he he still loves this show. He still has the spirit of of the or the the, the nostalgic spirit at 8 years old, you know. He he still appreciates it cuz it's fun. It's silly. It's it's a lot to goof on, but it's all harmless fun in in a good way. Yeah. I don't no, watch, I, I agree. Yeah, I don't watch any Christmas special of a show expecting it to be anything like the show so i would never yeah. in my mind think to like compare it to other he-man or Shebra episodes because i'm like this is a christmas special so like whatever you know what i mean um but that's yeah like, that's just me yeah just enjoy it. enjoy it yeah i did like the fact that you know the reason the kids got brought to Eternia is because Orko couldn't just leave them there because they were lost, and I didn't. They even, were lost, and yeah. I, and I was like, I was like, why did they come? And even Myra was like, oh, he. I was like, they couldn't leave them there because they were lost. I was like, oh, that makes sense. It's like one of those moments where the story's actually kind of tight in in that regard, you know. <laughs> it is like if you, as absurd as so so many moments of this are. There is the continuing storyline of like where Miguel and Alicia gonna go, and and Horde Prime senses the energy, the spirit, the spirit of Christmas, and he must vanquish it because he is pure evil. I love that. Yeah, I think that's cool. I I couldn't help but be terrified for Miguel and Alicia because whenever they got teleported home, I kept thinking of uh, Star Trek the Motion Picture and what if something happened to the uh, teleporter and they just go back as piles of uh, goo. <laughs> Did that happen in the movie? Yeah, yeah. In Star Trek the Motion was, Picture, uh... which is like my my favorite Star Trek movie. Uh, Diallo, tell, tell uh, Zach what happens. Yeah, it was the the it was supposed to be the first officer of the new yep. uh, Enterprise. I think it was Vulcan as well. And uh, mm-hmm. he was teleported. He was getting teleported up to the ship, and he there was a transporter accident, and he turned into goo. And um, yeah, yeah. And, the, and uh, Kirk had to like send condolences to his family, and then they were without a first officer. But that's okay, because another one showed up in the middle of the flight on their way to 
discover what was coming towards Earth. Was it Decker? <laughs> uh, actually, no, it wasn't. It was. He was, yeah, he was, it was the first officer because Decker was supposed to be the captain. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't Decker. I, I think it was, it was, I think a, it was the, it was the replacement science officer. It was the replacement yeah. Spock. And that's why they he had was to like, bring yeah. Spock back. He was a Vulcan that was in the, he was in the, the earlier, one of the earlier scenes in the movie. S- scenes. Yep. Yeah. And then, um, cool. yeah. But then, you know, Shatner came in and it's like, I'm taking over and. Decker got demoted, which is a good thing because it turns out that guy's pretty shady in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah it apparently, turns, it turns out <laughs> he's yep. a pederast. Yep. Yep. It turns yep. out. <laughs> Anyways, I, I I sort of diverged the uh, discussion there. You'll um, be talking about but, Star uh, Trek. I'll go on for days. So, <laughs> I mean, I can I can I can too, buddy. I can hang, my friend. I can hang. But uh, all in all. I am glad we we covered this. For me, it, it's it gave me a reason to watch it for the first time. Um, it's something that always pops up, you know, around this time of year on my Instagram feed and stuff. But it's mostly people just posting the Skeletor stuff, which is why I thought that Skeletor with the kids was a bit more of a prominent aspect of the story. But I'm glad I watched it. I am glad I watched it. Even though I have no nostalgic, you know, love for this uh, movie, I do have a nostalgic love for He-Man and and whatnot. So it was nice seeing all that. And as you know, like Diallo says, as as chaotic as it was, I did find enjoyment. I thought it was was a was a fun little romp. You know, can solid little forty four minutes. You can have fun with it. Um, it probably won't go heavily into my ro- my Christmas rotation moving forward. But if Myra and I ever have a kid or maybe I'll show my nephew uh, next year or something, I- I'm gonna I'm glad I have my DVD is what I'm trying to say. I'm glad I have it so that I can at least watch it you know in the future and possibly show my nephew and or you know our kid you know if we ever are fortunately you know enough to have one. That's sort of my rating on this. <laughs> if um, you know this is always been in regular rotation. We even have the audio version of it that we play in the background. So it's, it's so, and it makes for a great audio play too, by the way, if you just want to download the audio, it's great. Wild. <laughs> Diallo. Oh yeah. Uh, Diallo final thoughts on He-Man and She-Ra, a Christmas special. Well, I like the version that they pay me to write eventually um, better than <laughs> yeah. the current one. Cause I really want to write that. I now. did too. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's fun. It, it doesn't really rank up there for me for Chris. I think I think I don't really remember it. F- I I remember watching it back in the day, but it never it didn't really like wasn't memorable for me, and it just kind of came and went. I could swear they even actually showed it in the afternoon, like in the normal time slot, like instead of like. Christmas specials to me, like growing up, they were like on that, like a Friday night or Saturday night. And it was like a special like kind of thing. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it was, it's fun. It, it doesn't rank up there with like, you know, for me with the classics, like Rudolph and um, Frosty and um, night, uh, what a night before. No, it was the night before Christmas uh, with the mouses, the yeah. Mises. Uh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. those are, those are, the those are my favorites. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Christmas, what Christmas without Santa Claus? Like those are those are my like bangers, right? But um, 
this is fun and because of Skeletor. Like like if it like the whole yeah. Skeletor thing kind of makes the whole thing worth it. Like just like literally when he's like, I I don't want to be happy, whatever he says inside. Like my heart I'm not nice. Yeah, my heart like it grows a few sizes like the Grinch, which is another classic. So um another yeah. classic. <laughs> yeah, another classic, yeah. Um but nice try filmation. Yeah, I'm I'm with you definitely. Uh, yeah, Rudolph, Grinch, all of those classics, man. I watched, and I'm also with you. Um, the best, the highlight, the best part of this is Skeletor and the kids. Absolutely love that. Um, and then just one more tack on thought for myself is, I just man, the the designs for all those characters are just so good. Every time I see them, I'm just like. All the main characters, you know, and you can tell when, like, you know, Miguel and stuff, like, the, the side characters that they just designed for this versus the ones they put in full effort into, you're just like, man, those characters were just so fantastically designed across the board. So, yeah. Zach, uh, final thoughts on this one? I know you love it more than us, so, so bring bring home the love, my man. Yeah, I mean, I love this. I put this up there. I love wacky, bizarre Christmas specials. So I put this at the top of that along with that GI Joe Christmas episode, that Rambo Christmas episode that we talked about in TV Obscura, uh, the Pee Wee Herman Christmas episode from the Pee Wee Herman show or the Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse. I love just wacky, weird stuff. Did this, I think I probably watched this by myself on a who knows, whatever day Christmas Day was. Um, and I, because it's super personal to me, you know. I grew up playing with these figures, and that was one toy line that never really kind of left my side. I always had those. So there's a huge – and the fact now that I'm, you know, my son gravitated towards He-Man the way he did. If he hadn't gravitated, if he hadn't gravitated towards it, I don't think I would be as attached to this um, the mythos and story that I am, but because of him, the Christmas season is alive with the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special, a Christmas special. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I love it. I think it's super nostalgic fun. I think anybody who watches it just going in, knowing they're going to have a good time is going to be like, what the hell is this? And I love it. And I want to keep watching it. Hmm. And play that song again, Bo. I want to hear it. It's actually it's a new song the, I've been working on. It's actually on the, their official YouTube uh, channel, the Christmas special. So if anybody wants to watch it there, they can. Yep. Yeah. In, in pristine HD glory. Oh, dude, yeah. uh, uh, J- James Etock has been showing off on his um, uh, Instagram and everything. I, I forget if it goes by his name or if he's if he's serial geek on there. Um, but make sure you guys follow him. Um, I want that He-Man and She-Ra Blu-ray pack so bad, but I think it's UK only. only. Oh, it's German. German only. Oh, come Is he on. It looks fucking gorgeous. The 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 animation, what they're doing, uh, cleaning up the animation, it is unbelievable. Each there's no blur to it. Each frame looks like it's you know pristine comic books artwork. You know what I mean? It's yeah. wild. It's a real bummer because I James E. Talk is probably the the he's like the he's the number one kind of historian of masters he-man and the masters of the universe 
And so everything, his knowledge base is so extensive. Almost every single top-rated YouTube retrospective on He-Man is hosted by James E. Talk. The guy lives, sleeps, and breathes. Um, eats, sleeps, and breathes. Yeah, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, along with other great 80s cartoons too. But but really, He-Man is his baby, I think. So uh, you go check his stuff out. And unfortunately, that he was working on a Blu-ray box set that I think is only ex- exclusive to Germany. Did they ever put? They have put out multiple books on He-Man and stuff. Did they ever put out one that that reprints all the old comic books that were in the toys? Um, yeah, because I have it. Two things that I loved that never made it into the uh, the cartoon. I loved how um, I always loved how Skeletor and He-Man had the two halves of the sword. I always felt like that should have been brought into the the cartoon because it gave Skeletor motivation yeah. to do something because he wanted to bring them together, and that's what unlocks the the secret of of Grayskull. And then I also love um, Tila. Like I loved her headdress, and she and she never uses that in the the cartoon. She never has that snake headdress. But then I also really like Green Tila, and I wish they. They would somehow canonically make that work in you know do something with like maybe the next season of he-man revelations or something and canonically make the green skin heel tila work but uh those are my two like things that i liked in the comics that didn't sort of make it into the cartoon yeah i highly recommend picking up that book as well larry houston who did the art in those comic books was on my panel this past weekend he actually told oh, a story was... about how, yeah, he told a story about how he uh, made uh, one of the characters black because they weren't black. And he was like, can I make them black? And they were like, sure. And he made them black. So, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, and by the yeah. way, his his artwork is fucking beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember that when I first, when those the toys first came out, and I got the the little comic, or I think actually there was like a, it was like a mini, mini gate comic in one of the comic books I had, um, and I, the whole thing with the two swords in half. I thought that that was going to be the whole thing and about He Man, yeah. and it was like when the cartoon came on, it wasn't. But that was from like Black Star, oh. right, Zach? Or no, the cartoon Black Star. Yeah, Black like, Star. Yeah, Black Star the, started that actually. Yeah, I remember yeah. that because I remember that it was that was the whole point with that show. Um, so maybe they maybe they ditched it because it was already done, or who knows? He Man did okay without that, having that uh, plot point, so <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> yeah, actually, it did yeah. better than Black That's Star, the only so maybe. Way. <laughs> maybe they made the right choice then with e-man right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i think so i think so i i would have i agree with you Corey. i would have liked to have seen it too but it totally makes sense that filmation might have been like oh we already did that and we can't we don't want to make it too carbon copy from yeah uh, you know yeah. this guy's already got a loincloth but we give him blonde hair instead of black hair like in black star yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, that I can I can see that decision being made, but I, I always thought it was cool. If anything, this cartoon makes me want to go back and rewatch the ne- Netflix series He Man Revelations. Dude, that thing that is exactly so what I was gonna say. I was gonna say I just when we're done with this, I'm gonna rewatch that show because that was so good. It was so good. 
so good. I I literally I adore that show. I think that show is absolutely fantastic and the best example of how to do a good story and incorporate a shit ton of fan service into it. I don't think mm-hmm. fan service should always be a bad word. I mean, you're trying to service the goddamn fans, the people that that love your thing. Mm-hmm. And if you all haven't if you if you like He-Man and you haven't seen He-Man Revelations, you are doing yourself a disservice. I'm looking at you, Zach. Well, I think oh, wait, um, Zach, you haven't seen it. I know. Oh, because you're being a purist. Oh, I started over there, watching huh? it. I, <laughs> no, I, no, no, no. I actually I started watching it with Bodie, but then he got freaked out when he saw uh, yeah. Clamp Champ and Fisto get killed. Yeah, and I mean I, it's pretty intense. Like, I, yeah, yeah, but go ahead. No, I think that's where it ends. It's pretty intense. Oh yeah, no, no. He, he's uh, he he's ready. He's ready to watch it again. So we will be watching it again. What I have to say to all the people who complain at all ever about He Man. Or She-Ra and, and like what they do or do not get is don't forget this was created in a toy factory by toy designers. This was all about toy. It was never about story. It was never to begin with story. So you can go in any direction you want to. There was never like a full-on Marvel comic backstory like they did for G.I. Joe or Transformers or anything like that. But this was pure. I know they did do uh, comics, but that was after the fact. Yeah. This is all just created by dudes who are trying to make money off this thing. So, and the, the storyline was so directionless. It went everywhere. You know, the, the, like you said, Corey, the mini comics had a storyline. Then the cartoon came out and had a storyline. Then the movie came out and had a different storyline. It never had consistency at all. So what Kevin Smith did, I think it's amazing. I didn't, I watched a little bit of the, uh, the new, uh, kind of kid, kid, younger kid version of He Man. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Like it's not, it's not for me, so I won't watch it. Uh, I watched Shira. It was okay. I couldn't get into it. Like so, it's not for me. But the Kevin Smith one, uh, I like that. So uh, what I think is beautiful is there was something for every fan of the Masters of the Universe. And then if you don't like any of that, go back and watch all the old ones. <laughs> he Man is such a flexible. IP and I got to give it credit for that. That's that's something that's truly yeah. uh, rare, you know. And and I always like and the it's fact still that around. It's like, How cool is that? Yeah, seriously. I mean, it is. You know, He Man is still one of my favorite IPs from the '80s. Um, I probably like it more than Transformers, but less than than uh, GI Joe. Um, but uh, Same. but yeah. So I'm. But I'm again. You know, wrapping it up. Very glad that we had this discussion. Um, I probably learned more about it from YouTube than I did from, you know, watching it myself. And I think talking to you guys actually added a lot more, uh, layer to it, um, act to the point where I would actually like to rewatch it now after this discussion and, and take the, the newfound knowledge that I have for it as a, as a complete newbie, uh, to this. It was like I said at the beginning, it was, to. it was a little startling. Um, but, uh, you don't have to rewatch it. You don't have to rewatch it. <laughs> watch go. it with your nephew. He'll like it. That's true. I'll, I'll go do that. But, uh, Diallo, where can we find you out there? We're getting close to Christmas. Um, what's going on with the First Noel Chronicles? Um, yeah, you know, I'm in the I'm in the basement working on lots of stuff with that, as well as uh, Angela in the Dark. Um, still in the process of getting re-recorded episodes. Um, been working a lot on the website, which when I finally, when you finally see it, I think you'll be like, wow. That's a good website. 
<laughs> and um, <laughs> um, but it's geared towards actually being able to um, have a really cool audio experience with the uh, audiobook portion of the first Noel. Um, and then, yeah, and then um, really big plans for Angel in the Dark, um, having meetings with people and getting people on board to do various uh, parts. You guys have seen um, a segment of it. Um, and I actually have uh, gathered a lot of the uh, pieces together so that I could start getting music done. And it's just so it's uh, we're just moving forward. So I don't have a, a date just yet, but we're just plugging away. Yeah, Diallo showed us uh, a clip of it and it is amazing. It didn't have any sound, but uh, the visuals were, were amazing. Uh, Russell's artwork uh we'll we'll just do is a great translation to to that sort of motion comic sort of you know format i should say yeah russell's actually doing some new uh a couple new pieces for it and uh that we'll be using for um a part of it and getting the theme done and uh yeah so it's moving moving along can't wait till it's all done and ready to show everybody and guys and gals, when Diallo has like clips to, to actually promote or whatever, we will be posting it on our Instagram page and everything. So uh, make you know keep on the lookout for that. Hopefully uh, uh, early next year. Um, but whenever it's available, we're we're gonna promote the fuck out of it because I love <laughs> Angela in the Dark and I I completely no believe in that that IP and I think it's awesome, dude. Absolutely awesome. Um, Zach, what's uh, going on Christmas wise at two dollar late fee? What you guys coming on this month? Well, first, I want to say Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> fucking Orco. Um, man, $2 has been busy. We are devoting most of this month to the 1979 classic, The Warriors, that we broke down on Podcasting After Dark, I think, last year or the year before. Yeah. Maybe two years ago. Wow. A while ago. Uh, we, we had a, yeah, we had a really special episode kind of general discussion with uh, a guy called that 80s dude he's from instagram you should check him out he's awesome the guy is uh right up our alley as far as his interests and tastes then we have an interview with david patrick kelly luther from the warriors and dreamscape and the crow and commando uh and, and so many others the guy is if you think you know this guy wait till you hear this interview it's so deep in in, in in depth on and who he is as a person fascinating stuff he was telling in this interview and then we wrap up the month with uh, a little christmas story re- a christmas story reunion scott schwartz aka flick you know the tongue the the pole liquor yep and uh, um and uh pole liquor, scott huh? farkas <laughs> yeah the uh and scott Furcus, played by zach ward you know with the yellow eyes he was on podcasting after dark as well that interview was great uh they joined us to discuss the new movie and some and uh memories of the old one so christmas story reunion uh that was a really fun episode turns out diallo you'll appreciate this scott scott schwartz used to work for the wwf when he was a teenager Oh wow! Uh, in fact, he was he would help with the ring crew and and uh, 
basically be like a gopher to the wrestlers and he's at and he's in wrestlemania too like in the audience and he's on the back of the the figure boxes and uh like as an audience member so anyways he has a huge wrestling connection and so we had a fun wrestling story that if that doesn't end up in the proper interview it'll end up on our patreon so nice uh, yeah lots going on in two dollarville and man we are definitely gonna send it home in a big way send we are going to send 2022 home in a big way on podcasting after dark aren't we Corey? of course we are we're uh this month uh on the carpenter factor our patreon exclusive show where we go through every john carpenter film we will be discussing big trouble in little china it's a big one this month woof Love it. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, another uh, movie, another holiday movie uh, next week to uh, to tackle. I'll be show running it, and we're having a blast uh, doing all that stuff. But man, you you were talking about Commando, and I I love to miss Sully uh, uh, in in Commando, D- dude. If there was an if there was a good version of Commando on Blu-ray, I would have brought it to pad already. That. Is one of my favorite action movies as a kid. I watched it so much. Same. And guys and gals, it will come to podcasting after dark whenever there's like, I mean, there. I guess there, I think there is one, but it's just your shitty movie studio version, you know, that they put out. It's like, come on, put out a good version of Commando. But uh, it, we'll tackle it yeah, eventually. Come on, give you us, know, give us something. Yeah, you know, so. something. And then on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Uh, if I'm doing the math correctly, I think we're going to end Seinfeld in by the end of the year. I think it'll probably be almost the last wow. week of the year. So Seinfeld will be done, uh, but Adam and I are, are tackling all of Curb Your Enthusiasm on Patreon. So uh, the Cartwright's Patreon. So uh, wow. yeah. yeah, everyone's got Patreons, guys and gals. Support your favorite artist. Doesn't matter if it's us. Doesn't matter you know who it is. If you listen to podcasts, support one of them. It doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be any of us here. It'd be nice if it was, but just support a podcaster because it takes a lot of work. All three of us are doing it pretty much full time, and it takes a lot of freaking work. And uh, you know, we all have the same bills that everybody else has, so we're just trying to to make everyone's lives a little bit brighter with some uh, weekly content and everything. So yeah, for make all of you that already support brighter. us, thank you so much. We can make the world a little lighter. Everybody's got to try together. Don't you know it's now or never? That's from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> awesome, perfect. <laughs> Another great Christmas episode, by the way. They, they do it. Yeah, yeah. Christmas. Just bringing it. I'm just bringing it home. Just bringing it home. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll we'll bring it home for us, Diallo. And as always, catch you on the obscure side. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Be sure to subscribe to Podcasting After Dark and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Support Podcasting After Dark on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcasting After Dark. And visit us next time for another installment of Podcasting After Dark with Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Zach Schaefer.